Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas, and welcome to The Ricardo Project, the podcast where I watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, cultural, and emotional impact. My name is Dana. I'm so happy that you've joined me today to talk about The Diet, which premiered 70 years ago today, October 29th, 1951, written by our old pals Jess Oppenheimer. Bob Carroll and Madeline Pugh, and directed by Mark Daniels. The season one gang is all here. So here's what happens in the diet. The gang is sitting around after this huge meal that included approximately 200 oysters, and Ricky, Ethel, and Fred all lightheartedly comment on their weight gains as they've aged. And Lucy refuses to agree that she's gained any weight since she got married over a decade ago, which, like, good luck, Lucy. But when Ricky brings out a scale, Lucy realizes she's gained 22 pounds since her wedding day. Nobody seems to mind this except for Lucy herself. And right as Lucy is spiraling into some serious body dysmorphia bummer territory, Ricky gets a call that Joanne, a dancer in his act at the Tropicana, is quitting and needs to be replaced, which distracts Lucy enough and she jumps up and dances in a way that Ricky rightfully describes as fidgeting. (laughs) She calls herself a wonderful singer and dancer, which is hilarious to me because wasn't it even the last episode that she referred to her singing voice as reminiscent of a bull moose pulling its foot out of the mud? But anyway, Lucy attends the audition to replace Joanne. It does not go well, and it ends even worse when she rips the size 12 costume. It's a side note that size 12 is much smaller than it is now. She asks Ricky if she can have the part, if she can fit into the costume by Friday, and he says yes to get her out of the room. So Lucy then embarks on a crash diet that involves sprinting around the apartment building and only eating celery. She gets so hungry that at at one point she actually pretends to be a dog so that they'll feed her a piece of steak under the table. And finally, she locks herself in a human pressure cooker to sweat off the extra pounds. She's able to perform the number, and she actually does it super well, but then she passes out due to malnutrition. And that's the episode. So this episode, to me, is a slam dunk. It's everything I love about I Love Lucy. There's so much great physical comedy in this episode. The The audition scene, it it's just a scene that makes you fall in love with Lucy Ricardo. It's the first moment where I felt like I was really seeing that that magic that I associate with I Love Lucy. When she updates her wardrobe to match the other dancers, amazing. Her wiry, robotic hips as she tries to keep up with that time step, it was was hilarious. And then the fact that she nails it at the end, I mean, it's just so satisfying. And then there's the dinner scene, which is also fantastic, between Lucy and Ethel wrestling over Potato and Lucy and the Mertz's dog Butch under the table. It just feels like this episode was written to really showcase what Lucille Ball could do. And Desi Arnaz, Vivian Vance, William Frawley, they're all holding their own and really doing what they need to do. And I feel like you could really see the ensemble coming together. But it is interesting because in these episodes that we've watched so far, Fred seems to be the odd man out, at least with scenes and lines. So I'm assuming it's because of behind the scenes, William Frawley. It's pretty well documented that he had a drinking problem, and they actually wanted a different actor for the role of Fred, but they went with Bill Frawley. He was not Desi or Lucille's first choice, and they were really nervous about hiring him. And apparently, Desi told him that if he came to work drunk even once, he was not going to have a job the next day. So 
Bill Frawley apparently never showed up drunk. But I've been wondering if the, if Fred's limited screen time in these early episodes was a result of them kind of being suspicious that he would uh, welch out on that deal. But even so, Fred's character is finally showing some dimension this episode, and it's stepping outside of that like grumpy guy trope that we've seen so far. And in this episode, he's just a guy who loves his dog and just wants to know who Joanne is, for God's sake. And the diet also hits right at why this show is more than just a sitcom for me. So based on that plot description, I mean, it sounds like this episode would be really problematic. I thought it would be really problematic, especially because they all look so thin to me. I I thought this episode would be full of fat phobia and fat shaming and mean jokes at Lucy's expense and And I Love Lucy certainly has its share of mean body jokes. They're usually directed at Ethel. I mean, I have to admit, I I was preparing to be really sad about this episode. There's a comedic hierarchy to lots of jokes. The joke teller usually has two options when telling a joke about another person. They can either mock someone that has higher status than them, like when we make jokes about you know our bosses or the wealthy, the government. It, it's like the reason that the election year SNLs are always better than all the other episodes of SNL. So this is called punching up. When you make a joke at the expense of someone higher in whatever hierarchy you're looking at, gender, race, class, status, size, etc., And then conversely, they can mock someone who's of lower status to them. And the unfortunate, most recent example I can think of is Dave Chappelle, who is a cisgendered man making jokes at the expense of trans people, which is one of the most at-risk, if not the most at-risk populations in the U.S. and in the world at large. And this is called punching down, when a person makes a joke at the expense of someone who doesn't really have power in the exchange anyway. And there's like a common argument about pushing boundaries that can be made here, but it's going to be made by total douchebags, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand by the argument that jokes that punch down are only funny to those who are doing the punching or could be doing the punching. And most comic theorists agree that if you're going to have a joke that punches at another person, it should only punch up. And those are the boundaries we want to push. We want people with less power to joke at the expense of someone with more power. It's funnier. It's more transgressive. It's just a better joke. But as a plus-size woman, I'm pretty used to comedy punching down at me. People like me are used to being used as a joke because we eat too much or are sexual or are attractive to someone or we enjoy life. Sometimes we're just a joke because we exist. And I can't believe that I'm sitting here saying this, but I Love Lucy in this episode is more progressive than most modern takes I've seen in my 31 years. In this episode, Lucy's issue with her weight doesn't come from any outer shame. It's all from inside. I mean, none of the others have any judgment in their voices when talking about how they've gained weight. But Lucy is insistent that she be exactly who she was 11 years ago. And when confronted with the fact that she's changed, she is so hard on herself. I mean, Ricky doesn't care. Neither do her friends. Ricky says yes to her being in the show if she can fit into her costume, more to get her out of the room than because he wants her to be thinner. And at the end, when she is thinner and therefore correct in her own mind, her body collapses, which was so exciting to me because it's telling me that the show is not only refusing to engage with the idea that Lucy losing weight quickly is going to help her in any way. 
they actually use this crash dieting as a kind of sitcom morality tale that treating your body in unsafe and unhealthy ways won't serve you. You won't get the part. You'll need to recover. You'll have to let that girl out of the closet and she'll have the role for the rest of the time. You know, I was I was about 10 when I realized that I wasn't just taller than everyone else, but that my bones were bigger, my shoulders were broader, that I was just going to be bigger than other people. And I can't help but wonder what my life would have been like in my teens and in my 20s if this episode had been one of the ones to play on Nick at Night when I was pressed up against the TV. Maybe I would have been gentler with myself or felt less shame if I'd seen Ethel and Fred and Ricky casually acknowledging weight gain and then eating a full plate of steak and potatoes rather than depriving themselves. I think it certainly would have helped more than watching friends repeatedly make fun of Monica for what she looked like when she was 17. It's given me a lot to think about. I just love that it doesn't shy away from how hard we can be on ourselves. I mean, we've all been Lucy in this situation, but I hope we can all transition into Ethel's. (laughs) That's like my wish for us. We can be content, happy, beautiful, eating's my hobby, Ethel's. That's what I wish for us today. Anyway, those are my thoughts on this episode. Definitely my favorite so far. But I don't want my last few sentiments to make this seem like this episode is heavy in any way. It's not. It's so delightful. It's so funny. Lucille Ball uses every inch of her body in a billion different ways. It's just a joy to watch from start to finish. And I know that I got kind of heavy at the end, but I think that's what makes the show so amazingly successful is that it has this level of of emotional impact. It gives me something to think about while being just a perfect little sitcom. And I love that it can be both. So before we talk about next week's episode, just a few historical notes that I thought were super interesting. So this episode, like actually I think both of the other episodes, is based on a My Favorite Husband episode. And it's kind of a hybrid because it also uses Lucy and Desi's Cuban Pete number from their stage show. So when they had their stage show right before I Love Lucy Got Greenlit to demonstrate that they had a lot of chemistry and would be a great TV couple, this was actually one of the numbers. The costumes they wore were actually the exact costumes they wore in the show, which I thought was really interesting. And Cuban Pete actually has more historical significance for Desi Arnaz's career. It was the name of a 1946 movie that starred Desi Arnaz where he played himself, (laughs) which is like, I don't know why that just completely blows my mind. But yeah, he played himself. And in that, he sang Cuban Pete and he popularized that song. It was written in the 30s and it became one of his flagship numbers. On top of that, this episode is really important canonically for the show because there's actually quite a few firsts in this episode. There's the first instance of Lucy kind of acknowledging her desire to go into show business. They talk about it they they get the the writers the writers do a good job of giving it a lot of history. They say, "Oh my god, you're bringing that up again," but it's the first time that we're seeing it. And that's going to be the longest trending plot line of the entire series. So It's exciting to see it appear. This is also the first time that we hear Lucy's alias, Lucy McGillicuddy, which McGillicuddy is her maiden name in the show. Her original maiden name was actually supposed to be Teitelbaum, but Lucille Ball was Protestant, not Jewish. They thought the last name sounded a little too Jewish, and I guess they weren't interested in breaking that barrier. And I'm okay with it because Lucille Ball, as I said, was not Jewish. So, you know, I... 
I can't believe it took till Fran Drescher and the nanny for the first Jewish lead of a sitcom, but I'm actually kind of glad that Lucy didn't take that one on. So they broke barriers, but you can't break every barrier, I guess. What are you going to do? This is also the first instance of what the writers refer to as the spider, which is that sound that Lucy makes when she's given bad news where she goes, ooh, that is referred to as the spider in script. So if you actually were to see a script of I Love Lucy, it would say she, you know, Lucy does the spider or or just the spider. And Lucy knows to do that reaction. And it was called that because she had a radio commercial for My Favorite Husband in which she did like a spin on Little Miss Muffet. And that was the sound she made when the spider sat down beside her. So first instance of that, the first canonical spider. And it's also the first and last time that we meet Butch the Mertz's dog. Hello and goodbye, Butch. You are seen and you will be missed. So those are the notes that I so those are the notes that I have on this episode. Next week we're going to be watching what was supposed to be the original first episode of the show, which is Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her, which premiered on November 5th, 1951, so of course we will be reviewing it 70 years later. So here's the log line for Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her, a super nice light sounding episode with no heavy undercurrents. Lucy is reading the Mockingbird murder mystery when she hears Ricky discussing hiring a new act for the club. She thinks Ricky is trying to do away with her and replace her with a new wife. So she and Ethel devise a scheme to thwart him. So that's it for this week. We will be back next Friday. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week. The Ricardo Project is recorded in Brooklyn, New York on my bed with a beautiful cat sitting next to me. If you'd like to talk to me about anything at all, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can reach me via email at thericardoproject at gmail.com or on Instagram at thericardoproject. And both of those are in the show notes if you need them. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you would rate and review me on iTunes. It helps folks find the show. And if you didn't enjoy this episode, that's fine. I'm not for everyone. And, you know, have a great day. (laughs) Otherwise, I will see you next week.